All right, you uh, you ready? I don't have the um. Hold on, sorry, bro. All right, yeah. You ready? I guess, yeah. Which ones are we starting with? The lead off is my tune. Actually, I was thinking um, High Wire Days, uh, because of the intro. Which yeah. one is that? Which one is that? It's the one with the big crazy drums at the you get like the dump 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 dump. You know. The, uh, <laughs> Actually, let me just scrub around. Uh, sure. I feel like there's another one I, I wanted to play. You can uh, control the uh, the studio Spotify from that machine. That's summed on those channels into this piece for um, the headphones. Right. But we still have the stems in the computer, correct? <laughs> right. But our mix, you know, the headphone mix has the extra sauce. Compression. Just needs a little squeeze. I like it. I mean, it helps me perform. I think so. Honestly, for Broadway, like in my headphones, in my cans, it sounded um, big. I mean, it's hard to emote uh, with a uh, bone dry uncompressed signal you know i only use an all analog signal path all analog right into my airpods pros same but yeah anyway just control it from that all right you click we surf uh, tommy t-o-m-m-y keen with mm. an e yeah keen right. e keen e Woo. just listen to that <laughs> look what this is doing look what this is doing to you Saturday night. Love that the vocal immediately kicks in. I love counting the lights. I don't think I've ever counted lights before, but I, I don't know what it means, but I like it. Tone setter. This is a good opener. Strong opener. I was I was already getting hot. Like my heart rate is physically up. I can feel it. And you're you're an athlete. Damn right. Do you hear that? The little kiss at the beginning. It's hot. <laughs> that is so bad. Buried in the mix. I've never noticed that. Light of love. <laughs> what makes the one guitar sound so stupid? Like but the, the jangly the, part is so sparkly. I love it. The boxy guitar. I mean, it's like an 80s uh, it construction. Like, it sounds know. like a little tiny guitar amp. <laughs> that's not That's not it. Let's keep Let's keep going. There's more. I don't think it's the next one. Let's check it. Oh, no. No, no. I'll skip this one. <laughs> like, what if it was one of the, uh, the sad ones like this? Oh, like the other one you wanted to do? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Just heavy as hell. People think we've died. People already think we've died. Okay, fair. Here we go. What's next? Oh, hell yeah. This is the tune. Yeah, I love it. Listen to that. Turn this shit up. Give me more. Daddy needs more. More of my cans. Woo. Oh, hell yeah. Look at that drum sound. That's right. Let's go. What Let's you go. waiting on? You're listening to Public Announcement. I'm Chris Black. And I'm James Ellis. You rock. You feel safer in the light. I won't go out at night. Though I'm walking in the shadows. I know what you won't find. I've seen it in your mind. I scream. Nothing matters. In high wire days, did I meet you? 
That song is a hit. Slapper. But sadly, like a lot of songs, it was not a hit. That was High Wire Days by Tommy Keen from 1989's Based on Happy Times, released on Geffen Records. Tommy Keen was an American singer-songwriter, a power pop legend. The patron saint of neglected and overlooked power pop stars. Big. Big. Big jangle. A D.C. guy, grew up in Maryland. Born in 1958. But unfortunately, he died two years ago, age 59. Did we ever learn how he died? I think it was in his sleep, um, like a heart attack, I think. I, oh, let me pull up the uh, Washington Post a bit. You want to read it? Yeah, I think... I, I think it's, uh, it's short. Yeah. Tommy Keene, a power pop guitarist and singer whose wistful, warmly melodic rock songs placed him at the forefront of the district's local music scene in the 1980s when he seemed poised to reach a national audience that eluded him throughout his four-decade career, died November 22nd at his home in Los Angeles. He was 59. His partner, Michael Lunsgaard, said Mr. Keene died in his sleep. The cause is not yet known. I didn't see anything clear. I, like, maybe he was sick. I, I'm not sure. 59 is a little early, though. A little early. I like a little mystery, though. But the Washington Post continues. Mr. Keene appeared to have his breakthrough record with the 1984 EP, Places That Are Gone, which featured a rollicking, nostalgia-tinged title track and landed atop a year-end Village Voice critics poll. Like, the first little EPs, like, good. sound super weird and kind of punk, and yeah. it, like, uh, I could see why it would, like, capture the yeah. imagination. The album earned a four-star review in Rolling Stone, which called it a critical link between the ringing glories of 60s rock melodists like the Beatles and Monkees and the more twisted renewal of guitar pop in the 80s. And it resulted in a major label deal with Geffen Records. Label and artist never seemed to fit, however. And David Geffen himself said to me, you're not getting into the studio again unless we hear a hit. Keen accused Geffen of trying to make him into an American version of Canada's Brian Adams, the rock singer behind Cuts Like a Knife, and maintained a strained relationship with superstar producers T-Bone Burnett and Jeff Emmerich, a former Beatles collaborator who took Keen and his bandmates to record at George Martin's Montserrat studio in the Caribbean. So it was happening. Is that how you say it? Like Montserrat. Montserrat Studios. Like Caribbean, like recording places? Taking a guy like this to the Caribbean is not the move. I would have stepped in and been like, this guy needs to be in like a dingy studio in LA or even DC. He's not a Caribbean guy. But it just seems clear though that it was totally happening though like the major label thing was occurring to him you know it was that initial excitement i mean my favorite detail of like things that we learned though was that the band that was signed after keen on geffen first thing he signed second thing he signed was tesla third thing he signed Guns and Roses. Wow. So and so, like, of course, like, we're oh, good, like what, oh, your record didn't like pop. Oh, we're all set. We're going to let you do a couple more quietly because we don't even know you're here. Like, yeah. We don't even care. We're making so much money with these bozos. We don't need you. <laughs> that is interesting. I actually did not know that. It was like when we first, like when I found the, the interview. Oh, yeah. These yeah. guys had interviewed him like right before he died. And he told the story. Yeah, and he's like kind of talking about it. I did watch it. I mean, this is a, also any Guns N' Roses detail is extremely your shit. I probably I tried to forget. Yeah. <laughs> but a little known fun fact, Tommy Keen played guitar on the Goo Goo Dolls song Broadway from their 1998 album Dizzy Up the Girl, a Chris Black classic. The single peaked at number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100 on July 1st, 2000, and spent a total of 20 weeks in the chart. That's a hit, baby. I would think that was like the fifth single. This is a different Like it had a video. This it is had... a different time, baby. You get five plus singles. No sweat. Third Eye Blind Blueprint. Like they did like eight. The Lost Morissette had like 10 singles on that record. I mean, it, it peaked in the year 2000. This is a record from 1998. That's like the, the speed at which it moved. Cranking these singles one every six months. You guys keep up, losers. But I bet you've never heard of Tommy Keen. 
Neither of us had. I mean, I'm sure we had read his name at some point. For sure. You know, but you can't like remember everything. You know? No, you can't. I really can't. But we were baffled that we had missed it. I think we are honorary Gen X, but wow. <laughs> Maybe we're not. But this was like totally lost to time. Like I couldn't even find the lyrics. The lyrics weren't on the internet. By the way, I'm almost positive it's The Promises Were Tall. I know, but he just doesn't sing it like that. No, nah, it's more... The promises were tall. This, this guy had favor with a lot of my favorites. You know, I mean, Matthew Sweet posted about his passing on Instagram. Yeah, the goos themselves. Like, like they posted a, uh, a cover they did of a Keen tune on their Facebook or something. It was like... The goos digitally poured one out for Tommy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Touching post. There was a lot of them, and I yeah. I love like seeing that there was this person that like loads of people loved his stuff, and like I just can't believe that neither of us knew about it. Well, it's not just loads of people; it's like loads of people that, that bo- both of us particularly like. Beyond matter, it's like shit that I like and like keep up with. And speaking of those people, let's uh, let's phone a friend. Let's phone Jesse Smith, who introduced you, introduced both of us. Yeah, I was um I was in Atlanta. Uh, just for fun, I think, to visit my family with actually with Joe Coscarelli, um, who's a, a critic at the New York Times, a music critic. And we went to Watchman's, one of Jesse's uh, restaurants that he co-owns. And we were just kind of talking about music and shooting the shit. And he was like, oh, you, Tommy Keen. You know? And I'm like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know it. And he was like, oh, shit, you're going to love it. And like I downloaded it on the spot. And then Joe and I got back in the car and I put it on immediately. I was like, oh, yeah, I do love it. This is my <laughs> shit. Like, this is amazing. And I think I sent it to you very quickly after that because usually if it's my shit, it's also your shit. We were in the car. It was like the ASIC shoot. And like we were, uh, oh. we had, I think, just gotten off the plane. You and like, I put it on. You connected to your like fancy rental. And <laughs> like suddenly I was like, what is this? But yeah, Jesse put me on and I had never heard of it. But he particularly recommended this record. This is the one. Go download this one. For the listeners at home, who is Jesse Smith? A legend, really. <laughs> I mean, also a power pop legend. A, po- a power pop legend. He's been in many bands throughout our youth that were great. The first one being Some Soviet Station. The best hardcore band in Atlanta, I think. I mean, like post-punk hardcore it wasn't, band. That's why it was the best, because it wasn't yeah. really a hardcore band. <laughs> then he was in a band called Paper Lions, which is actually a phase I kind of missed. Like, I, that was some Athens it just shit. Didn't, it just didn't quite happen for It him. was some Athens we shit. We played a show with him here. Even I couldn't Spirit even World. pick it out of a lineup. But then he started something called Gentleman Jesse and His Men, which has actually become like a pretty big genre hit, if you will. Pitchfork Darlings. Pitchfork Darlings, but also like, you know, go to Spain and sell out, you know, and play these odd shows and they have this following and they still put out records, which I think is nice for him because even though he owns multiple restaurants and has like a very busy life, I think that he's prioritized this and like continues to keep doing it, which is always nice to see. Erwan lunchtime, I go straight off the plane. Like, yeah. I stop there before going. I, before just going, to breathe it in. Yeah. Just breathe it in. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. It's your boys, Chris and Jay. What is up? What's up? How was the acupuncture? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Great. Are you doing this for like general relaxation or is there something you're trying to fix? No, my arm is fucked up. Yeah, I got old tennis elbow. From what? From you don't playing all that tennis. From playing guitar? Do you have tennis elbow from playing guitar? No, it's from we were we did that festival in Spain. We had a layover at Heathrow, like an hour and a half or something like that, which is not enough time to get through that giant fucking stupid airport. It's it's not. So I I was running through the airport with a guitar and it just it just 
killed it. It just killed my arm. Wow, you got to start working out, fam. That should not kill your arm. It was a Sheridan, dude. <laughs> They're heavy. Dude, I was about to say, how heavy is a Telecaster? <laughs> no, I don't fucking play no Telecaster. I know. I have one, actually. Of course <laughs> you do. So we wanted to start on this Tommy Keen journey, since you're the one who birthed it. You introduced us. You introduced us. Yeah. I think the best place to start is, where did you discover Tommy Keen? Uh, it's one. Of, he's one of those guys that just like reading about Power Pop, his name always just like turns up. But I wasn't that interested in him because the bulk of his material came out in the mid-80s. So I found one of his EPs for a dollar, and I bought it, and I listened to it maybe once, and I put it on the shelf and didn't really think about it for a while. And then he was playing that band, The Boston Spaceships, with Bob Pollard from Guided by Voices. They did that record, right? They did the Keen Brothers album, yeah, which never really like did a whole lot for me either. I, I really like Bob Pollard, and I also equally <laughs> dis- dislike him. He's got like the Metallica effect. It's either like the worst shit in the world or the best shit. Yeah, in the there's world. no in between with him. I've never understood Guided by Voices. There's some stuff that you would just but yes, I freaking love. Heard that similar review from other people. So I saw him play or whatever, and I was like, oh, that was really. It was actually like a really good show. And so he he was always kind of on my radar, and I enjoyed him, but it was never like super into it. And then I was at my in-laws over Thanksgiving two years ago. And he passed away, and it was like on everybody, you know, yeah, obviously yeah. because it was at my in-laws' house on my phone a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I uh, saw that he had passed away, and I was like, you know what? I need to give this guy more of a, the time of day. And I listened to that. I forget the name of the damn records. Uh, based on Happy Times? Based on Happy Times. And I just, for whatever reason, pulled that one up on Spotify, and I was like, holy shit, this, I can't get it. Like, it just, like, clicked. And so, you know, due to your love of the Goo Goo Dolls, I figured, I was like, Chris has got to hear this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I told the story earlier. I was at the restaurant with Joe, and you I don't know how it came up, but you were like, you're going to love this shit. Download it right now. Like It was very specifically that record, which sounds like it took you a journey to get to that <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, for sure. But I think that the weird connections to the Goo Dolls is, is like funny also. like It's like funny because we've looked at all the stuff when he died. It's true. It's like the heads were coming out of the woodwork to like pay their respects, which does make you kind of sit up and pay attention a little more. It's not just people who were replacement worshipers you know what i mean too it was like there's all kinds of people that were into him like i read a whole thing with guy Uh from fugazi it was like when i was 12 i went to a rock show saw tommy keen and i was like i'm doing that it was one of those kinds of stories where i was like really just had no idea that like in the dc world that he was like the cool power pop guy yeah he also he had a band called raz that put out a couple singles in the late 70s if you look at that very first record, it's produced by Ted Nicely. Or I think Ted Nicely's in the band, too. There's like some sort of management or support from Skip Goff, which is the guy who basically helps Ian McKay start Discord. Oh, wow. So this is deep ties to the community. Yeah, he was like one of those first wave punker guys. Like they, I think the Raz or Raz or whatever would play with like the Slicky Boys, which was like the elder statesman of the D.C. punk scene professor jesse coming through with the fucking facts the first tommy keen record wouldn't have happened without skip goff and you know on the minor threat song i forget which minor threat song it is but it's at the end ian says skip we love you that's 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 that skip you just drew a beautiful straight line and permanent marker from tommy keen (laughs) to minor threat and that is why we called on you sir that's what i was like i knew there was stuff that we just didn't fucking know because this kind of information 
isn't really available on the internet in that way. It has to come from a deep place. Yeah. Someone has studied this for, you've, you've been studying this for years. Yeah. Suck it, Matt Penfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's really you. Yeah. Matt Penfield with oysters. Mm-hmm. Jesse, thank you, by the way, for the amazing tracks. Sweet. They, gearing up to go into mix. Uh, did they come out all right? I don't like, I was like, I did it and I was like, I don't know if this is good enough. No, it's <laughs> yeah, great. It's, it's totally great. Well, look, Jesse, as a, you know, backing vocalist in this case, it's fine. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm going to be a little higher anyway, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I need to redo them, you just let me know. <laughs> no, we're ready. We're locked. I got nothing but time. We're, we're locked, baby. We're going, <laughs> we're going to mix. We're very excited. This was a very fun project, I think, especially for me, because it was really like, it felt like a Make-A-Wish Foundation situation, you know? Yeah. Just a little story. I made Chris join the band live in the studio. I felt pretty good. Loud as hell. It hadn't occurred to me until we were doing it that Chris had not had that experience since maybe age 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. So I got the full experience, and there is video footage, and I, I have to say, I look pretty comfortable. It's just a natural. It's just a natural thing. <laughs> once your hands were behind your back, you know, Liam-esque, I yeah, felt like I, it once worked. I, once I was able to visualize <laughs> Oasis and 125,000 people in front of me, I was able to lock in, you know, really give the performance of my life. That's great. That's great. We'll be getting this done in time to submit for the Grammys 2021. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to making it there. I'll make, you, yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll make sure you get your invite. Before we, we hop off, uh, what's what's on deck from Gentleman Jesse? I actually finished recording a demo today, so Ooh. I think I'm about seven songs towards a new album. I mean, Ooh. I'm stopping at ten, so I'm I'm almost there. A man of restraint. I love to hear. Yeah, that. well, last last record I did twenty songs and recorded them all. I twenty one and recorded them all, and then whittled it down from there. And I forget how many songs are on it, like 13 or 14 or something like that. It's just too many fucking songs. Trying to prove something to yourself? Yeah, yeah that's a lot of work. That's yeah. a lot of work. So I ain't doing that no more. Once I get 10 songs, that's a record. Cut it, put it out there, and you all have to deal with it. We're all looking forward to hearing it, as always. As fans of not only you, but the music itself. Awesome. Um, well, look, thank you for your time. And, and more importantly, thank you for introducing me to Tommy Keane. Hey, for, it's all for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Bye. Right. Later. The minor threat shit is so good to like find that connection. This this went all the way to minor threat. Like, I'm not sure if you're aware of the lineage. Isn't just some power pop. No, that was perfect. He gave us exactly what we needed, and he's funny. Like he like, you know, so cool. Well, I think uh, the only other thing to do, I think it should just be the song, like kind of like Fletcher's show, just like that's the story okay and you know let's just give the people what they want yeah i mean it's already we're here in the audio context mm. the global listenership is is tuned in honestly they're probably excited and not to toot our horn but it's been a long fucking time yeah i mean we've been cooking we've been actually you know guys maybe the listeners at home you don't realize this but we also have to make money you can't really hurry the artistry you can't hurry the artistry when i feel called i'm able to produce we're not doing we weren't not doing a podcast to spite you. That's that's yeah. we're only able to do so much. You ask and you ask and you ask, and then I give and we give and we give and we give. Here is public announcements. <laughs> oh god. Public announcements first single, Win Our Vows Break by Tommy Keen. Let's go.
I tried to let it play a little bit just so I could capture your uh, your ringtone. The, oh yes, of course. How could we forget? That's important. <laughs> Do you want to just start at the top with the credits? Yeah. So this would be right after the tune finishes. Okay. You've been listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. The song you just heard, our recording of When Our Vows Break by Tommy Keen. From 1989's Based on Happy Times. Is now streaming exclusively on the Public Announcement Destination homepage. Desktop first. Public Announcement. Desktop only. Dot org. I'm going right now. Just click the music in the bottom left corner and you'll figure it out from there. Thank you first to Gentleman Jesse Smith for turning us on to Tommy Keen and for his critical second vocal on When Our Vows Break. Uh, Self-recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, direct to Garage Band, Q4 2019. Thank you to the band. That felt pretty good. On drums, our shooter, Kobe Arner. Kobe Unchained, <laughs> by the way. No click. A true time keep. Lead guitars by indie pop legend Fletcher C. Johnson. Who we're happy to report is um, safely passed coronavirus. What about Payson? Is she okay too? Yeah, I mean, I think they both you know, had a rough go of it. I mean, but he looked good though the other day when I saw him. Is he doing okay since the bar is closed? I think as soon as it all hit, Clem had to fire everybody so they could collect unemployment and all that. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was the same for Jesse at Kimball House. Um, although, Ezra said, they've been uh, hanging in with to-go orders, doing pretty well. Still, I'm sure it's been a nightmare trying to oh, yeah, for sure. keep the place running and everything. Letting everybody go, gnarly. Well, for sure. Anyway, I think Fletcher's doing okay with it now. Uh, it's it's crazy how many people we know who got yeah, or, COVID. Or lost jobs. How is Colin doing? I mean, I think he's doing all right. He, James, all right. I need to check on him. Been bad about keeping up lately. But I think he and Dee are doing okay now. She got it too, though. He was saying it wasn't as bad, maybe, but it's just nuts. They had been well-behaved living on separate sides of the house like for weeks and then you know I, she got it too yeah i mean I, I think once one person gets it in your household then everybody's got it yeah 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 on guitars uh plural colin lewis <laughs> colin's the first person we knew that got covid and again like rappy's he and his wife are doing better just authentic new york city street noise got to keep that in the catalog it's not like it was but it's like you know it's pretty steady. Like at night, they don't blaze it, you know. That's nice. That's <laughs> Only nice. if they really actually need it. Need to. Yeah. You know? On bass guitar, the god, Uncle Will, Uncle Will Nolan. I love that his plucket's like actual uncle. But is he is he truly the best bass player that you ever, ever yeah, played I mean, with? I learned um, how to, like, respectably play drums because of Will. Thank you to Dylan Chinfeld for all live tracking at the cave in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We'll be weaker than you used to be. With engineering by Arthur... Do you remember how he said it? Zerko? Zerko. 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 Zerko, yeah, I think. I mean, it looks cool. It does look... It looks very cool. Eastern European. Here we go. Also, special thanks to Jacob Price, who provided... Uh, tape operation by Jacob Price. So he, he operated the tape. You know, he helped uh, run the machine when I was doing the uh, the tambo parts. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for that clarification. That That's actually important. And people should realize that your tambourine work is, you know. It's essential jingle. <laughs> you know, when there's a drummer in the band, like the regular drummer who is actually in the band. Yeah. And then off to the side, there is, uh, like, you know. Oh, like a, a multi-instrumentalist? No, no, a percussionist. 
You know, the guy with the fucking rack of stuff around him, a full 360 <laughs> kit of stuff. Maybe some bongos, like all kinds of shit. No, stuff. I don't no. know what it is. It, no, not going to be able Why? to. Why? You, you want to do double drums all the time? Yes. but, but I, You know, I saw Vampire Weekend, sort of against my own will, and they, but they had double drums. And <laughs> you're a known double drum lover. I, but I think I'd rather, I would just simply tambourine. <laughs> sure, yeah, okay. I mean, just a tambourine guy, that's it. Pure. And maybe, maybe a hi-hat. <laughs> like, like a bouquet of fine wines. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mainly tambo. Right. So just to be clear, if you're not on the tambo, then you're on the hats. I mean, you always have your, your left foot operating the hats, so it's not uh, just... And if you need to tighten up, you lock up the hats. Or play nothing. You know, just let the let the drummer handle it for, for a few bars. Just, uh, restraint. Okay. And, all right. And, all right. You know, take a break. You have a little quick drink. Yeah, it's too bad you can't do background vocals. It's, it's probably fine though. Actually, I I shouldn't have a uh, a mic back there really. Yeah, know? yeah, you're, yeah. The, the percussionist doesn't get a mic. Only only the tambo gets a mic. T tambo, my hi hat mic. Both. But that's it. And, and if you need, I'll walk over with my handheld mic <laughs> because I'm the singer and I will allow you to talk. <laughs> all right. <laughs> mastering by Joe Lambert for Joe Lambert Mastering in Jersey City, New Jersey. Yes, thank you, Joe. Um, it was really fun. Um, and, and, and thanks to Justin Garish for the recommendation. Ne next record, we're mixing with you. Look, look, we did the best we could, mate. The virus sets the timeline. And besides, the tune sounds fucking massive. Yeah, I, I'm happy. I'm, it's fine. I just, I've been you know, looking forward to giving you the attended full studio experience. You know, like hearing the sound of your Vox on like a real playback system in the hands of a professional. Damn, I know, I know. Uh, anyway, you know, uh, but um, uh, yeah, uh, thanks everybody. Hey, thanks guys. That would be the last word. Do you, is that the <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what, that's exactly how I wanna, this is the hell I wanna die on, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, it felt natural.